I ran, you know, the 135 miles in 29 hours. So it it was an awesome thing to do. It was great to, you know, have that adventure with the, the family and friends. Hope to do it again. Maybe I'll be the one crewing somebody else, but I think that's kind of what the whole thing with ultra running is. It's more more experience versus times. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys Podcast, and happy Labor Day if you're tuning in from the U.S. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I chat with Chaz Hornberg. Chaz is an ultramarathon runner based in Lansing, Michigan, who has several hundred-mile races under his belt. This Friday, September 9th, Chaz will be tackling his next hundred-mile race at the Woodstock Festival in Gregory, Michigan. Chaz also has a unique goal of running down every street in his hometown of Lansing. Our conversation ranges from Chaz's history as a runner, to highlights of his running career, preparing for races longer than 26.2 miles, and even some unique pre-race rituals. Be sure to check out the resources in the show notes to get more information on the unique races Chaz and I talk about, and follow along with Chaz as he completes his goal of running down every street in Lansing. And if you find yourself in Gregory, Michigan this Friday, check out the Woodstock Festival and see if you can catch Chaz along the 16-mile loop as he tackles yet another 100-mile race. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Chaz Hornberg's journey as an ultra-marathon runner. All right, Chaz, welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. First of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. Hey, not a problem. For sure. No, I've actually been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while because you have a really interesting goal that stands out to me, which is running down every street in Lansing. So to start things off, can you explain what inspired you to to want to take on that goal? You know, I, I think I started it or thought of it during the pandemic and I saw like a few other people online that were actually doing this and, you know, there's smaller towns. Even there was a gentleman that was doing one in Illinois and like a one that's similar to Lansing size. And I was like, well, I really got nothing else going on. Um, <laughs> and let me let me just, you know, see Lansing from a different viewpoint. You know, you kind of, I'm sure a lot of runners, they get burnt out on doing the same route over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you just got to kind of go out and like, all right, let's change it up. And it's really been awesome to see all these different neighborhoods versus, you know, taking the time to actually see them, see them. Versus, you know, just driving by in a car when you're just trying to get from point A to point B as fast as you can. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, honestly, I relate to that so much because I, you know, I, I as I've talked about many times on this podcast before, I'd have a goal of running a marathon in all 50 states. And that's part of the thing that's so addicting to me is, is seeing all these new streets, uh, you know, the change of scenery. And just it's such a different feeling running through an area as opposed to just driving it. I mean, you get to smell all the smells from the restaurants. Um, you get to just it feels much more intimate when you're running through an area as opposed to just driving through just getting from A to B. So no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and you find out who has the better uh, sidewalks and who doesn't. So <laughs> it's like, ah, yeah. maybe maybe invest in some infrastructure over here, guys. <laughs> right. And then make a call to city planning, and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the movie, I've been you know putting in all the potholes. I'm like, hey, you guys need to fix this one over here. 
<laughs> that is a very quick way to figure that out. And, <laughs> and yeah, we, we were talking a little bit in the pre-recorded conversation. So do you primarily just have the southwestern part of Lansing left? I guess how far along are you in that goal? I think I'm like 90% according oh, wow. to – I got to actually look it up. I was using a website that you can kind of cross-check with uh, like your Strava. Okay. I don't know if you use Strava or not. I heard you mention it multiple times uh, when I was doing my research on you and everything and listening to the pre-race podcast episode that you did. And um, I know you and, and all the people on there talk about Strava quite a bit. And surprisingly, I'm actually not on it. I uh, It's something I definitely should get on. I, I recently joined Race Raves. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that's mainly to track. Uh, it, it has like an interactive map where I've been mapping the different marathons I've done and and that's okay. a really cool site, but that's mainly just for tracking that and, and races and analytics when it comes to just my times and whatnot. But yeah, okay. from what I'm gathering, though, Strava just sounds like more of a social media platform for runners for workouts. Is that kind of what yeah, I'm gathering? That's basically yeah. all it is. Okay. So it's like one of those things like you finish a run, you upload it, you know, you get kudos. It's almost like, you know, like your Instagram, like, oh, I like that, you know, squiggle mm-hmm. run you did today. And you can kind of compare yourself to yourself you know, what you've done in the past. Um, you can also compare yourself to other people in the area, which, you know, if you do too much comparing, you can get yourself in trouble. <laughs> oh, for sure. So sometimes you got to, you know, kind of ignore it the best you can. But yeah, I was using that to transfer to this other website. I want to say it was like run every com or something like something pretty straightforward. I just <laughs> can't remember it right now. The name of that website is CityStrides.com, and I have it linked in the show notes in case you're looking to obtain more information about it. But it would actually give you like a percentage okay. of like how many streets you've done. And what, what's upsetting though is, you know, I told you I got this you know, little pocket that I still have yet to do. Well, I still have other streets that they've said I haven't completed because I didn't hit that data point mm. running down it. So like running down a dead end street, I didn't quite run all the way down like I needed to go <laughs> ten more feet according to the data point. Oh, and it's like I swear I went and actually I I've made a point that if I did a dead end I'd go and hit the dead end sign and then mm-hmm. turn back around. Well, I didn't catch it a couple times, <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, that's gonna throw everything off. But <laughs> it is what it is, right? Oh geez, I, I can already see me get really addicted to that site because I'm a completionist myself and I geek out over analytics and. I can just see myself just obsessively going over the the percentage points and and everything. Oh, you, and, you'll uh, love it because because <laughs> um, they'll have it for different towns too. Okay, and I know you're a traveler, mm-hmm. so you could be like, hey, you know, I don't know where you go to quite often, but you know, you're like, this is. Are you originally from Williamston or Holt? From Holt, um, I did coach in Williamston though. Okay, uh, that's why Williamston yeah. was sticking out. Yep. But yeah, no, like you could do Holt, Michigan and try to do every single street in Holt. Oh, nice. So you can break it up into like little towns and things like that. And like it makes it, you know, more fun. And then I say going back to, to like Strava, mm-hmm. you can get pre-planned maps on where to run and like best routes to do things. I thought it was super cool with, we. I went out to Seattle with my wife and one of our friends mm-hmm. and that's what we ended up, you know, using to find our route for the day. I'm like, Hey, I really want to go buy, you know, the space needle or like the, the original Starbucks mm-hmm. and you can map your run according to that. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see the benefits of that because I, whenever I go out traveling, I just kind of figure it out and then I'll just kind of make up routes. But that seems much more practical to <laughs> just... Oh, yeah. If you're like in a, yeah. in a time crunch, you know, if you're like, say you're training for one of your, your many marathons and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I need to get six miles today and I don't want to do just this random out and back and I don't really want to get lost either. So mm-hmm. let me plan on doing this and, you know get roughly where you want to be yeah no that's that's awesome honestly i'm probably gonna sign up as soon as we're <laughs> we're done with this so well you'll you'll have to find me on there i'm sure it'll say your facebook friend oh yeah eric spitz uh just joined so <laughs> awesome no, I'll Anna's on it to too. do that awesome yeah well i got uh two friends already on there so great perfect <laughs> Moving right along. So awesome. So uh, I guess I want to back up a little bit and get a sense for your history as a runner. So what age did you first get into it? Did you do cross country and track while you were in school? How did that all go for you? So I actually start, I did start in high school. Okay. So was JV for four years at Eastern High School. Never, never was fast enough to make it on diversity, but I kept showing up. (laughs) I don't think it was a, a real passion for me at the time. I was pretty involved in other things. I also did band during the same season. And I had my little group of friends where we, you know, instead of getting the long run in on the weekends, we'd go skateboarding. Okay. Skateboarding and running don't really go well together. <laughs> right. Because both will destroy your legs, um, <laughs> especially you know, get a shinner from missing <laughs> a, a trick. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to run for a couple of days. <laughs> No, for sure. Yeah, the the two do not complement each other well. Uh, I actually used to skateboard years ago. I mean, I was never really any good, but yeah, I, I used to be a lot cooler than what I am now because I literally have pictures of me in like <laughs> in fourth grade, just like dropping in on a half pipe. And I I got like really into like the Tony Hawk games as a kid, as I'm sure a lot of the '90s kids did. And oh, for sure, I have like vivid memories of playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two on my computer and just like. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I, I used to skateboard quite a bit, but uh, yeah, no, it sounds like we got some very similar paths in that regard, and that definitely surprises me. You were you were JV, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously you've been really crushing it and and putting in the miles, and you do ultras now, which just completely just blows my mind. Um, anyway, uh, for all the listeners out there, an ultra is any distance over a marathon, which is twenty six point two miles, which is the furthest I have ran personally. So anything after that is just total foreign territory to me so is there a particular race or experience that really stands out to you in your running career this could be in regards to how difficult it was how unique the race was or just how memorable the course was i'll say the one that really stands out to me and it it wasn't actually a race itself Mm -hmm. it's uh this one that i did it was just like a little project like hey i want i kind of want to do that and it's actually can check this out on the website fastestknowntimes.com, mm-hmm. um, which has a great resource of like different routes. And you kind of just put up, you know, your fastest time or the fastest time on the route. And so there's a route that's from like Nuego, Michigan, mm-hmm. goes all along the North Country Trail all the way up to Music, Michigan. Okay. So it's about 135 miles. And I just was like, I want to see if I, I can do that. The previous record was, I think, 60 hours. And I was like, I think I could do it in 30. Mm-hmm. And so it was myself running it. And then I had a couple of pacers. So pacers, you know, are basically people that are running with you, help support mm-hmm. you 
kind of keep you awake during those those late night hours. So it was my my wife Anna, my cousin Brad, my uh, friend Heather, and then my dad came along as well. And he actually it was awesome. He actually brought our uh, camper, and so he was driving that around to these different spots. But I I ran, you know, the 135 miles in 29 hours. Oh wow! So it it was an awesome you know thing to do. It was great to, you know, ha- have that adventure with the, the family and friends. Yeah. So it made it cool. I ho- hope to do it again. Maybe I'll, you know, be the one crewing somebody else. But I think that's kind of what the whole thing with ultra running is. It's more more experience versus times. Oh, no, I agree completely. And honestly, the the support and the camaraderie in the running community is is something that makes it so special and so intimate and so easy to get caught up in, honestly. And yeah, especially for races of that length and that magnitude, I mean, your support crew is going to be everything in that regard. And I mean, I just think of, you know, on a smaller scale, just for my marathons, I just think of the, you know, friends who would let me crash on their couch or something the night before, or just like drive me to the start or just, you know, pick me up and drop me off or what have you. Like, Obviously, that's tremendous help, and it's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's something I'm extremely thankful for too. So that, that sounds like an amazing experience. So, is that 135 miles? Is that the furthest quote unquote race you've done, or have you ran any for distances further than that? Yeah, that, that's the farthest I've gone so far. I'd like to do you know a 200 miler mm-hmm. in the future, but you know, as you know, I had a kiddo mm-hmm. 24 days ago as of this podcast (laughs) and congrats on that by the way thanks yeah so i don't think i'm going to be doing anything that long Mm -hmm. i'm kind of feeling bad already as it is when i'm like oh once we have a baby i'll i'll you know cut it out and switch to like marathons that aren't Mm -hmm. as time consuming and it's like ah okay i lied (laughs) (laughs) right because Part of the reason why, like, I try to do some of the the hundred milers that I do, I can put my name into a lottery to get to another race, mm-hmm. and it's like the big race, and like, ah, uh, I haven't gotten in it yet. So instead of me, you know, losing all my credits per se, mm-hmm. I want to just keep on going because, like, every time you, it's Western States is the one I'm hoping to get into one day. Okay, and so you complete a qualifying race that'll allow you to actually put your name in that, you know, running, if you will. And then if you don't get it, well, you get to apply the next year if you, you know, do another qualifying race. But then you get to put in, like, two tickets and mm. then four and then eight. I forget exactly how it, it goes up. But, you know, there's, there's people that have been trying to get in for, like, eight years and still haven't made it. So it's like, ah, hmm. I hope I don't have, you know, six, seven more years of trying to get in. But <laughs> so be it, you know, it'll be, it'll be a great vacation for the family in my mind. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, thank you for clarifying that because I know obviously it's very similar in the marathon running community as well of just uh, certain races you have to run a qualifying time for it and it has to be a certified course to do it. I mean, Boston is the big one for marathon runners of trying to qualify for Boston. So there's, you know, a lot of races will boast and say like, this is a Boston certified course and whatnot. And then as long as right. we get that and yeah. So, okay. So that's interesting. So um, that's, that's how it works uh, for the Western state. Now, where is uh Western States? And that one's in California. Okay. Well, that would make sense given the name. 
Yeah, yeah. Eh, well, there's other Western states. <laughs> right. No, but, for sure. uh, it starts in, in Squaw Valley and then it finishes in Auburn. It's a point to point race. Okay. So it's nice. one of those, uh, it's a, it's a big deal in the ultra running community. Nice. To do that one. It's super difficult to get into. They have, oh my gosh, I can't even, like, uh, golden ticket races as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you finish top two in these races, then you get an automatic entry. Okay. So, like, the the best in the world will come to those just to get in. And so you see people running 100K, you know, races and doing getting it done in, you know, eight hours or less. Mm-hmm. Which is just, you know, mind-boggling to me that people are running that fast. Western States itself, the course record is like 14 hours and 30 minutes. The course record for Western States for the open male category is held by Jim Walmsley, who completed the 100.2-mile course in 14 hours, 9 minutes, and 28 seconds back in 2019. I provided a link to the website in the show notes where you can find more information about this legendary race and the entry process Chaz was talking about. Anyway... Back to our conversation. Okay. So, and it's, you know, a huge elevation, well, relative huge elevation change for, you know, us mm-hmm. here out in the Midwest. Yeah, oh, for sure. But compared to, like, <laughs> other races, it's not that bad. Um, yeah, right. But, yeah, I, it's one of those things. Everyone should take a look into it and, and check it out. It's it's a cool race with the history that it has. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something I want to look into further myself. And speaking of California, the... The big race I've been really wanting to do out there is Big Sur, which also has a big I guess, elevation profile and big elevation change. It kind of gets a reputation for that. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, out of curiosity, when you prepare for your races, do you, I guess, how much research do you do into all of that, into the course, like the elevation change and um, and all the little finer detail aspects of it? Do you do all that research kind of up front beforehand, or do you just kind of like to be surprised sometimes? <laughs> uh I wouldn't quite say surprised. I know my first hundred miler, I was probably surprised because <laughs> it was a last second choice to go there. Mm-hmm. I had done all the training going up to it, but it was not my go-to race. Okay. The race I had wanted to do sold out by the time I did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to you know, sell out, but it did. And so it was like three weeks or whatever before the actual race. And I was like, oh, I got to go find a new something. So I just picked one. <laughs> Happened to be over in Ontario, Canada called the Halliburton 100. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing that one. So that actually was rougher than I thought it was going to be. And more elevation change than I thought. But yeah, normally like I know what I'm doing going into it. Mm-hmm. I recently got a treadmill this year, you know, knowing the baby was on the way. So I was like, all right, this way I can still, you know, be at home and still, you know, get runs in, mm-hmm. you know, from home. Usually I'm a an outdoors, any type of weather runner. For sure. But it gave me the opportunity to actually get some vertical gain in. Mm-hmm. Other times I'll just, you know, try to go to the Pottawatomie Trail over in Pickney, Michigan and just run loops over there. But, you know, that's an hour drive and an hour back. You know, so it's like, ah, that kind of eats up a lot of time. I probably need to work on being more present. Right. No, for sure. 
Actually, uh, speaking of the race being full and having to kind of scramble and sign up for something else, pretty much the exact same thing happened to me several years ago when I originally, uh, for Oregon, I was going to run this marathon within Crater Lake National Park. And I had plans to do that one. You know, it worked out perfectly to when I was going to be out there. And then as it got closer to, to sign up for it, I realized like, oh, like it filled up, it sold out. Crap. Like, I didn't think this would I don't know. I don't know if I just was optimistic and thought it wouldn't sell out or something or just waited too long or what have you. But so I was scrambling and then I was like, okay, there's one called Holland Aspen right by, right by Bend. And I was like, well, any name like that, I got to sign up for it. So I just <laughs> signed up for that one. And it was a, a trail marathon. Uh, yeah. Like I said, just outside of Bend and it was a great trip. I mean, cool. I got to go to Deschutes Brewery, which is like the first Deschutes Brewery location, which is based in Bend. Ben's okay. a really cool city in Oregon. So like it was a fun trip, but yeah, it's a, it was a pretty rough trail marathon when, uh, I was already dealing with knee pain to begin with. So it, my time was not good on that. It actually was my worst time, uh, still to date. <laughs> but, oh yeah. I'm sure it, get, it gets difficult, especially when you're not ready for, for trail, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if you have a nagging knee pain, uh, a trail marathon will not cure that. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. On a, ended up doing uh, Pikes Peaks Ascent one okay. year, which is super cool. But unfortunately, they had inclement weather like the day before. They had like giant hail, like golf ball size hail. Oh, wow. And so they were kind of <laughs> nervous about sending people up. So Anna, you know, was she actually had some knee pain herself going into it. And she was like, mm -hmm. oh, I should be fine. I'm good on the way up. Well, because of the weather, they had her turn back around at mm -hmm. like – mile five and a half or something like that so she had she was going to be fine as long as she didn't go downhill and then half the race is downhill <laughs> and i was like oh come on so oh, no. in case you're unfamiliar pike's peak ascent is a 13.3 mile race from manito springs colorado to the 14,115 foot summit of pike's peak those are the conditions on a normal year which unfortunately wasn't the case for anna but it's a 7,800 feet vertical climb up the historic bar trail. I provided a link in the show notes to their website in case this grueling race is intriguing to you. Anyway, back to Chaz and I's conversation. But, you know, we went back a few days later once they kind of cleared all the race signs and she actually got to bag her, her for, first 14-foot uh, mountain summit. So, but yeah, that was that was a rough day for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. Actually, uh, I just got back from Scotland and I did a hill race out there. It was, I want to say 3.5 K roughly. So I was like, oh yeah, like a little over two miles. Like that's nothing. That's, that's fine. I don't care what the hill looks like type thing, but man, yeah, this, this hill was no joke though. I was not prepared like physically or just, uh, with my apparel or anything too. Like I brought shoes that I thought would be good, but I did not pack the correct shoes to do this and i found that out pretty quick because these had like no traction it's like a very rocky hill and yeah honestly coming back down it i think sucked more than anything because i i don't know how i didn't fall i mean it was <laughs> i was sliding all over the place and uh luckily survived thankfully but um yeah that was uh yeah so speaking of not being prepared that was uh another recent one <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah speaking of uh short races like that i don't have you heard of the mount marathon oh no i haven't what's that wait is i'm trying to think of this the one oh, i'm probably doing this wrong altogether <laughs> oh no nope, nope 
So Mount Marathon, it's in Alaska. You were saying Alaska is like oh, the last yeah, yeah. one to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like this 5K race, and you run up like uh, 4.8 or uh, you know, yeah, 4,800 mm-hmm. um, feet of gain. You run Ooh. up this mountain and down. Wow, that's that's almost a mile of gain. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a race they host every like Fourth of July. So like I might be wrong on the numbers a little bit, but yeah, yeah, but but um, every Fourth of July they have this race. I looked up the elevation gain for Mount Marathon, and it's actually a little under three thousand feet. But given the race is three point one miles, that's still around half a mile of elevation gain across that distance, and the slope of Mount Marathon is around thirty four degrees. Long story short, you'd be feeling that incline. Wow. And you just see people just huck themselves down this mountain. <laughs> That's insane. So, so if you're looking for a race and looking for a reason to go to Alaska, Ooh, yeah. you should probably add that to your list. Oh, for sure. Actually, speaking of which, um, we were talking a little bit in the pre-recorded conversation as well, um, that I actually only have three more states I have to go to to, to travel to all 50, and Alaska is one of them. And a race I've been really eyeing out there, I actually wanted to do it originally in 2020, but we all know what happened then. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's the it's the Mare City Marathon, I believe is what it's called. It's in Anchorage, and it's right on the summer equinox, so it's it's the longest day of the year, It's and it's notoriously very bright you know all day at that time of year so it's just something i really just you know ate up the story and i really wanted to get caught up in the experience and it's a race i still really want to do but that's uh right around at the time it was right around june 20th i think it's probably i think they i think they hold it on june 20th every year i could be wrong but well then stay two weeks and do the other one too i know honestly like i'm really tempted now (laughs) Yes, and the other one's actually called Mount Marathon. So either way, you're doing a marathon. <laughs> exactly. See? It works out perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Now, I know this is a pretty loaded question, but what would you say has been your biggest accomplishment in your running career? Uh, I, I don't see that. I'm not good about bragging on myself at times. <laughs> I think it was... Pretty cool race-wise. I finished second to Harvey Lewis one year. It was also during the pandemic, so not nearly as many people showed up because I had no right to be podium (laughs) at all. But at Burning River, so it's another 100-miler. And I want to say it was held a little bit later than in the year than I thought because they were just moving stuff around because of COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also was using that race as a training run to race Tahoe 200, which I had originally signed up for, but that got canceled because of COVID. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm just going to run this and see what happens. But I finished in like just over 18 hours. Oh, wow. So it's a PR for the distance. In case you're unfamiliar with that initialism, PR does not mean public relations in the running community, but personal record. Sometimes you may hear PB as well, which means personal best. And then, like, if you, you guys don't know who Harvey Lewis is, he's, he's a legendary ultramarathoner out of Ohio. Makes, like, the, the U.S. 24-hour team, 100-mile team, year after year. He actually, at one point, had the backyard record. I think you and I talked about this. So you do four, four-ish miles every hour on the hour until there's one person standing and I think he had gone 
over 300 miles. Oh my God. <laughs> so like over three days. Jeez. So yeah, to finish second to him is an accomplishment. So, so I, I think that would be my best thing I've done thus far until I, you know, finish this hundred or uh, finish this every streets thing. No, that's, that's definitely something to brag about for sure. That's, that's amazing. And speaking of hundred mile races, I mean, how do you prepare for a race of that length, both mentally and physically? You know, physically, you know, just focus on your long runs on the weekend. I do a lot mm-hmm. of doubles, you know, double back to back long runs. So I'll do uh, twenty on Saturday and another twenty on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Keep it nice and steady. There's no reason you're not racing it mm-hmm. at that point. You're just trying to get time on your legs and mentally. I mean, you just kind of kind of got to do it just to see see what it's like because mm-hmm. i don't think anything can truly mentally prepare you f- for that yeah because it's it hurts <laughs> at oh, yeah. a certain point <laughs> you're just like <laughs> can i just be done <laughs> i got a race coming up here in just over over two weeks hallucination 100 mm-hmm. down in pickney michigan part of the woodstock trail weekend festival and it's a looped course, so you get to rethink going out every 16 miles, <laughs> which is a, a whole different thing when you get the option to stop. Yeah. You know, like, my car is right there. I could just go home and end it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And actually, earlier, you brought up, like, point-to-point races. Like, personally, I love point-to-point races because, you know, the scenery is always changing, and you just basically just run to the destination. I've only actually the first marathon I ever did was an out and back, which normally that's how I run uh, when I'm just training, but to actually race that way, it's, you know, obviously I'll do it, but it's not my preferred thing because, you know, you get halfway done and then you have to turn around and be like, all right, got to go back now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But then, you know, if you think about it, I used to do this when I would do more out and backs, like, all right, now I got a negative split it. Yeah, I know. And that, that is a good mentality to have. In case you're unfamiliar with that term, a negative split is simply running the second half of a race faster than the first half. But, you know, when you're doing a marathon, that's, you know, that's <laughs> a much harder, harder thing to do. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, oh my gosh, the amount of patience required for a hundred mile race. I, I can't even fathom that, honestly, because, you know, I always thought you have to be super patient to do a marathon, which I mean, you do, but compared to a hundred miler, I mean... That's, it requires so much patience and so much just, you know, you just have to be really resilient in there and just very mentally tough, especially for a looped course like that to where (laughs) you you rethink it every 16 miles. Like what you said, like my car's right there. I could just, you know, call it quits now, but man, the the amount of drive it takes to really finish that. I mean, I commend you for that. (laughs) Yeah. So you're welcome to help uh, crew me. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I'll say it starts what friday the 6th okay and i'll start running at 4 p.m and be running well for sure for the next day (laughs) so if you want to you know join for a loop or you know just hang out have a couple beers and just you know watch the chaos chaos uh, (laughs) ensue uh feel free that honestly sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check my schedule and and um yeah, that I, that definitely sounds like something I would really get love to get caught up in and help out in any way that I can. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. And um so one thing I've learned in my running career, well, I've learned a lot of things, but uh, one thing that I've noticed, I should say, is that 
runners are very ritualistic individuals. So do you have any pre-race rituals that help you better prepare for a race, either having a certain meal the night before, wearing certain socks, anything like that? I, I like go into things and come out of things that, you know, come and go this past weekend. I had a race and usually I like to watch certain movies that kind of help me like focus uh, Unbreakable. Okay. It's a, uh, it's actually a Western States documentary film that I like to watch. So I'll watch that or McFarland, that Disney movie. Oh yeah. Watching that for a little bit because it's cross country based. Mm-hmm. So I liked watching that. I also, weird thing I've gotten into is I, I paint my toenails. Oh really? Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of those, well, with, with, ultras and i'm sure with you know the the shorter stuff you know your your toenails can get damaged and end up you know turning black after oh for sure after a while so i just paint them so i don't have to look at them turn black they're whatever color i painted them that's a good idea so i was i've started painting them gold recently um, i was like all right that's you know you're gonna shoot for gold so that's been my my go-to color as of nice. late and i did not think i had you you find out when you paint your your toenails that you're like, oh yeah, this brand sucks. This brand's okay. <laughs> you know, not something I would have thought of before. But you know, and my wife tells me that Harry Styles has his own signature, you know, collection or whatever it is. I'm like, I might have to check those out. <laughs> <laughs> there and you I'm go. like, yeah, I just use this every time I have a a race is just a, a good luck thing. So it's one of those weird things I like to do. Nice. Yeah, uh, that is something I might have to uh, try to adapt myself. Um, that's that's actually a really good idea. I remember, and I've gotten a little away from the rituals over the years. There are some that I still keep up, but I remember I had some very unique ones. I feel like in high school, like uh, my coaches would type out a little inspirational quote on a little slip of paper before each race, and then I would take that slip of paper and I'd put it in my left shoe before each race, and then. Um, my senior year, I like, I went through a phase to where I, I just didn't believe in socks. I don't know if it was just like a changing of times <laughs> with like going to college or whatever, but I just like stopped wearing socks when I race. I, I, I don't know if that was my smartest one, but that was just one that I was convinced helped me. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll say well, some of those spikes get a little tight. They do. They do. So like, I can kind of see it. I, I think I tried to do the no sock thing at one point. It didn't work for me. <laughs> right. And, but I'm um, sure, you know, running as fast as you did, you know, every, every ounce counted. So, you know, ditching <laughs> the socks may have helped. <laughs> That's very true. And then I, I had some ridiculous, like long fluffy hair in, in high school too. And I'm sure that didn't help with the uh, aerodynamics at all, but I don't know, but uh, apparently I just I, I was focusing on the on the socks and everything for shedding weight, but uh, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've grown a lot in my running career, <laughs> or maybe I haven't. Who knows? Yeah, I, but, uh, I would not recommend going back to no socks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with the the length of the races I'm doing now, um, yeah, I don't think I could go back to no socks. I think that'd just be brutal. Yeah, there. Uh, I know. I, I've kind of been changing up my tactics a little bit once tackling further distances, as I'm sure you probably change up your tactics just in terms of how you better prepare or some of the rituals you do, because it is just a completely different ball game. I mean, physically and mentally. Yeah. So, other than that hundred miler you got coming up, do you have any other upcoming races this year that you're excited about? I don't know if "excited"s the word I want to use. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> But I do one 5K a year, and that's the the Lansing Turkey Trot. 
Oh yeah. So we'll we'll see. It's gonna be kind of up in the air right now. I plan on mm-hmm. doing it, but whether or not I I do it, you know, by myself or you know, this will be the first family race that we can yeah. do. So it might be something that you know the wife and and the kid we end up doing together. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I won't try to you know go all out for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had I've you know I I don't really run five Ks, but I've consistently I think gotten like a, a PR for the distance every year. One of the benefits of, you know, being JV for four years in high school, you, you know, <laughs> you get to hit your PRs at a later date. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, ah, it's kind of nice. So I want to kind of want to see if I can get my hundred mile time to coincide with my 5k time. So mm-hmm. right now my PR for for the hundred mile is eighteen and change, and I think uh, my five k is close to you know eighteen minutes and whatever. So I want to see how close I can get them to nice. each other. So it's like there's no real you know correlation between the two. It's just like I want I just want it to be that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, for sure. And and yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the turkey trot. Um, that is a that is a traditional race that I do every year myself and I actually see you in Anna there, I think pretty much every year. And, um, shout out to Chuck block. Uh, if he is listening to this for whatever reason for, um, running such an awesome race, he was also my former coach at Lansing community college where I'd spent my first two years. And yeah, he's over, overall just a great guy and everything puts on an, actually a ton of awesome events uh, and has his hand in a lot of cool things in the, the Lansing area for the running community. So in regards to the turkey trout, though, like I, I've had kind of like the opposite effect over the years. I guess that's the downside of <laughs> of being varsity and everything in high school and <laughs> running collegiately is yeah. because it's a really crappy feeling to to just like watch yourself just like slow down over the years and just not being able to touch those times you used to do like and just. I don't know, to, for me anyway, just kind of feel like washed up and everything. And like, it's like, I know I could be keeping up with these guys if I just were to train harder, get back into it. But just, you know, being a busy adult and like working full time, you know, having a podcast, doing all this other stuff, obviously that takes up a lot of my time. And, you know, I'd, I'm i never able to train and run as consistently as I'd like to. And then that ends up showing in all of my races. And then I end up just kind yeah. of surviving them, but not really thriving in them anymore, which is its own kind of. I guess, mental hellscape in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I know that that can be rough. This is, you know, why I don't, you know, pick up skateboarding or playing basketball anymore. I was like, uh, like I'm afraid that the one day I'm going to pick up a basketball, I'm just going to airball it <laughs> embarrassingly. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, I'm going to have a, a daughter that knows nothing about basketball when she starts. So I'm like, all right, I can show her, you know, this is, this is okay. You know, versus yeah, you right. know, playing against my, you know, younger self, I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've already mentally prepared myself for, you know, when I get that point, you know, it's like, all right, this is my my PR for, you know, since I've had kids, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or PR for in my 30s or 40s, yeah. you know. So I was like, ah, eventually you got to rethink it a little bit so mm-hmm. you're not as hard on yourself. But yeah, I've, I've just... Lucky to have been slow at a younger age. (laughs) 
No, for sure. And, and um, no, I think that's a great way to approach things, honestly, is to just kind of reframe your way of thinking to recognize the different chapters and milestones in life and compare those as opposed to comparing your all time best. Because if you do that, it's just not going to result in good things. You're just going to continue to beat yourself up and be hard on yourself like, oh, I was so much faster in college and all this. I was like, well, of course I was type thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you were in your early 20s. Uh, mm -hmm. You could eat and drink anything you wanted exactly. and not affect you. <laughs> exactly. I know. Getting older is weird. <laughs> I know. You look at an Oreo now and you're like, all right, I just gained three pounds. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Oh, geez. I know. Like, it, it's ridiculous. For all the running and all the stuff I do, like, you, you wouldn't even be able to tell most of the time because I got that dad bod going on and stuff. And it's like, man, uh, <laughs> like, this is just, uh, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's just one of the phases, one of the chapters of life. And just, uh, yeah, I think you, you hit on everything perfectly of just, you know, recognizing the milestones and just kind of taking things in stride that way. I think those are some uh, great, you know, great words to live by for sure. Yeah. Now, um, is there any, oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh, no. I was like, I try. <laughs> yeah, sure. Awesome. Now, uh, is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and all that fun stuff? I would say nothing. Nothing really sticks out to me. You know, it's a shout out to Lansing Eastern Cross Country. They just <laughs> yeah. started their season. I uh, I actually, I don't know if you remember this, but I ended up doing a fundraiser for them last year. Oh, nice. Where I ran uh, from Lansing to Flint. So about 50 miles um, and then ran mm -hmm. the actual crim itself. And we raised like $1,500 for the team. That's awesome. No, I do remember that now. I remember that post. I thought that was so cool that you did that. So yeah, definitely kudos for that. Yeah. Any, any sort of, I guess, thing of that nature with a bigger meaning behind it, I always get sucked up into and, and just love the story behind. So yeah, that's, that's, I think that's so awesome that you did that. Yeah. I was like, ah, that's, that's one of those things I got to figure out how to do year after year. I'll you know, maybe do some yeah. other fun thing. I, you know, you and I talked about the the last person standing events. We're like, mm -hmm. ah, maybe that'll be my next one for next year. You know, everyone chip mm -hmm. in a dollar per lap or something like that and try to yeah. raise funds that way. For sure. No, it's it's something I think a lot of people could get behind. And honestly, yeah, I would love to um, help out in any way possible, collaborate on some ideas and, and do something like that with you as well. Um, that'd be awesome because that's something I've been trying to figure out more, too, of just figuring out how to make more meaning behind it, behind some of these races that I do. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk uh, offline quite a bit about that and, and put our heads together for something truly special. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now, where can people find more information about yourself and just anything else you want to plug in general? So you can follow me on Strava at Chaz Hornbird. All right. And then say, so you know, I got uh, Facebook and Instagram, both, both Chaz Hornbird, but I'm not really too active on the, on there. You know, you get the, the, the big things, you know, I think the birth of my child on the first and I haven't posted anything since then. <laughs> So it's very hit or miss, but you know, the, the Strava, I'm there every other day. Usually it's every day, but with the, did a 50 miler this past weekend. So I, I took a couple off days to recover. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's kind of where uh, I'm at. Yeah. And I'll definitely have to get a, uh, get a Strava and, and follow you on there to get all the exciting updates in that regard. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm honestly the same way. Like I have obviously Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and all that fun stuff, but I, 
I'm very hit or miss with what I post on there. I feel like I arguably post more on like Letterbox, which is a social media site for movies, or like on Untapped for like checking in beers. So I, oh, I don't yeah. know. I guess that sums up my personality all in <laughs> one thing. But uh, I feel like Untapped, this... I'm sure, is just for your own personal record. So like, <laughs> I know I had this at this date, and this is where I got it. So I, exactly. I used to use that. Oh yeah, it's just it's just so easy, and then it it just makes it so much easier later on too. When I'm just like, oh man, what's a really good sour beer that I like? And then looking through my archive, like check ins, like oh yeah, I remember really liking this one, or I remember really I just did not like this one at all, even though it sounded good. And it just makes things uh much easier uh for for future me drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's there's this one I, I wish I would have actually put in my my app. I'm a, I'm a bit of an IPA drinker. Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty bland of me, <laughs> but there's this one called Meowza out of Washington oh, and nice. it has a cat on the dang cover or <laughs> on the bottle. And I'm like, I love this beer. It was like super high percentage wise. <laughs> so it was awesome. I think I had it when, when I was out there in, in Seattle and I had like two and then we like, we, you know, walked to dinner cause I was like, I can't drive. Uh, but it it was good i actually told my butt my buddy just did a bigfoot 200 uh jonathan elsop so if he's listening to this you know shout out to him nice i told him he like yeah you gotta try this beer out here it's really good but i I haven't talked to him since he he finished so i'll have to see if he actually tried it or not (laughs) yeah oh my gosh Chaz, this is so much fun, like this whole conversation and everything. Like I said earlier, I've been wanting you on here for, for a while just um just to talk running and everything because it's just it, – I just eat up these conversations and I feel like I could talk to you all day about this stuff. But yeah, once again, thank you so much for, for coming on here and um, I feel like we share a lot of similar interests. I'm sure we'll be talking offline quite a bit about putting our heads together on you know future – running events or, or ways to put more meaning behind it or maybe even just you know figuring out what those beers are and checking in some good beers yeah yeah we'll have to do that <laughs> awesome sounds good so i will uh i will make that strava and follow you guys and i'm sure we'll keep in touch that way and yeah and to everyone listening um be sure to check out the links in the show notes to stay updated on all the exciting things Chaz is doing so Chaz, once again thank you so much for coming on and i hope you have a good rest of your evening thanks you too awesome cheers cheers Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Chaz's socials and other resources we discussed can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtaposed Journeys wherever you stream your podcast. And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, Take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire I have linked below. If you're a good fit, I'll be sure to get in touch with you to be featured on a future episode. I just ask that you have some patience, as I'm pretty backed up with any of your requests at the moment. So thank you to everyone who's reached out and has expressed interest in being on the show. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing for this episode was done by Kai Will. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. 
Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.